All right, Justin, A through Z. How about P? P? Um, I don't know if any of my things that I was going to talk about today can tie into a P. Um, I guess it's P for poorly prepared Sterling. Um, I do have things. I just don't have that. Uh, so in, in some movie news, uh, we lost somebody that was very well known for their role in Thunderdome. Uh, Tina Turner died. And yeah, that's I, bummer. Yeah. I, I was kind of yeah. thrown off by it because like, I saw a bunch of people or like websites posting about Tina Turner, but none of them said she died. So I was like, oh, it must be like her birthday or it's the anniversary of an album or something. And then like somebody was like, oh, man, did you hear Tina Turner die? I was like, oh, that's why everybody was posting things about her. I did not know. So the Internet's a yeah, weird, a weird place. Um, on a slightly lighter note. Uh, have you guys heard who the rumored cast is for the Fantastic Four? I feel like I've only heard one person. Who did you hear? Adam Driver is who I heard for one of them. Yes. Adam Driver is rumored to have been cast as Reed Richards. Okay. Along with... Okay. Margot Robbie as Sue Storm. Someone who I have not seen a lot of, which is Paul Mescal for Johnny Storm, The Human Torch. Ooh, he's really good. Yeah. Okay, sure. I don't know of anything he's in. And then this is the biggest change, but it's also probably the one I'm the most excited about is Davi Diggs as The Thing. Really? Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Hmm. I would probably just okay. watch anything he does. He's great. That's exciting. I did not know that. Yes, because yeah. there was a big push to cast somebody that is Jewish as the role of Ben Grimm, who is also Jewish. And David Diggs is Jewish. So. Really? Okay. Yes. So that's good for Marvel. Um, on, I don't want to say depressing news, but not like, depends on how you want to word it. Um, in other news, uh, Danny Masterson of that 70s show fame played Hyde was officially convicted of rape today. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yes. The trial that has been going on or, been delayed or whatever for a very long time. The first trial ended in a mistrial. The second trial uh, concluded today with him being convicted of rape. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's really a bummer. So from now on, you don't have to say accused rapist. You just get to say convicted rapist. 
Mm. Good riddance to that fuck face. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. Wow. Okay. Not that it obviously matters, but was it multiple people or just one person who it was um, for? The trial was on three counts. He was convicted of two. Okay. Hmm. So it's not even just a one person thing. It's, it's three people. There is a lot of, there's been a lot of drama with this trial because the Church of Scientology has been trying to cover it up oh so much because Danny Masterson really? and his entire family are all Scientologists. Oh, wow. And I think at least two of his victims were too. Wow. Hmm. So. But it was just one of those things for so long, so many people kept just being like, it's, he's just accused of it, though. There's been nothing proven. Well, fuck you. It's proven now. So, suck it. Hmm. Right. Oh, uh, actually, I think I do have a P. Um, Pacino, I think, is going to have another kid. Um, I did hear about that. I heard that. about that, too. That guy uh. is crazier than my dad. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i heard about that and i was like is this just like a joke but it's not it's definitely not a joke yeah he's 80 83 i think he is right 83 years old something along those lines and the girlfriend is what 30 29 30 yep oh she's 29 mm-hmm so there's that. <laughs> we got a lot okay. of weird news this week, everybody. <laughs> wow. That went from weird How much to do you think? kind of gross. Mm. <laughs> Man, he must work out a lot to just have the energy to. I mean, he's 80. <laughs> at 83. Yeah. You can also just lay there, Justin. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Wow, eighty no, three. I, like, I don't mean just the sex, but I just mean like the how does he keep up with a twenty nine year old at eighty? It just seems like that might be difficult, but I don't know. Maybe eighty is the new sixty. Maybe he just <laughs> maybe he's in great physical condition. Something maybe. <laughs> But 83 and, like, having a, a newborn. Because I think she's already, like, eight months pregnant. So, yeah. I don't know. That's, it's unfortunate because, you know, that kid is not going to see much of his dad, unfortunately. Oh. As sad as that is to say. He will but. die before his kid's an adult. Like, For that's, sure. Yeah. That's the weird he'll thing. he'll be 100, right? I mean, when he's he, 18, he'll be 100. Right? 101. Yeah. 100, 101, somewhere in, the, somewhere in there. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's honestly the part that is, I mean, actually, the, I personally think the whole thing is sad because that's such an age gap. But that's unfortunate because that kid's going to just not be able to know his father. A 101 years old. Before his son is even like an adult of legal age. Yeah. <laughs> like what? That's insane. 
I wonder how many kids yeah. he has in general. Like, does he just have a lot of kids? I don't know. I don't want to look that up. I'm kind of scared of the number. I don't want that in my Google history. <laughs> well, he better keep working out. <laughs> I guess. To be fair, it looks like he only has three other children. And they are adults. So. Wow. I took one for the team, Sterling. Don't worry about it. I feel bad for your internet search history now. Come on, man. Pacino's a legend. He, he was in The Godfather. In The Godfather Part 2. In The Godfather Part 3. Okay. And all these other movies. And Heat. And all these other movies. You forgot Jack and Jill. Hmm. Classic. <laughs> Yeah, Justin. Thanks for mentioning that. What are you, what are your thoughts on Jack and Jill? Uh, well, there was sin of a woman, and there was uh, no, no Jack and Jill, Justin. Jack and Jill. Oh, that. I don't really have any thoughts. Fond thoughts about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to have thoughts about it? Yes, Justin. I'd rather have. Thoughts about good things, like no, we're talking about his legendary career, which also includes Jack and Jill. <laughs> so that means he was legendarily in Jack and Jill. That's interesting. I like how you just focused on that. He was also in House of Gucci. Scarface. Was he good in that? Was he raw in that? No one was. I, I didn't see it. Oh, no one was. Okay. He wasn't raw in the gooch. Gee. I'm just looking through his thing, his 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 IMDb, and he was just in so many random movies that no one fucking saw. I just... Giving back to the film community, you know. After a while, he just had to come off the mountain and just do some movies for the for the little people, for the indie folk. Mm-hmm. It's good old Al. I'm just looking at some of these movies, and I'm like, was that actually a movie? Like the son of no one. I've never even heard of that. When did that come out? The son of no one. 2011. Hmm. What is the most recent movie he's been in? Would it be House of Gucci? Would that be it? Is that the most recent? Uh, That TV show, The Hunters. Hmm. He was in that. And then movie-wise, yes, it's House of Gucci. Okay. So he's still kind of doing stuff, but just here and there. Also in 2021, he was in a movie called American Trader, The Trial of Axis Sally. Hmm. 
the only other actor of in that movie that anyone might know is probably Mitch Pileggi. I mean, I know him from X-Files and in Stargate. Um, I'm trying to think of what he would be the most known for. Or that where you guys might know him from, too. He's one of those guys, I know you would know who he is if you just saw his face. What's his name? Mitch Pileggi. Oh, yeah. I hear you're talking about. Yeah, you're right. It's like you see him and you're like, yep, I've seen him in so much. <laughs> yeah. He's just been in everything. Yeah. I'll send you his picture, Justin. Yeah, I was trying to look him up. Would you say bitch salami or? <laughs> it is Mitch Pileggi, but. Mitch Pileggi. I mean, I just sent you his picture. I knew that was wrong. I just had a feeling that was wrong. I wonder why. Oh, I wonder why you I, thought that might be wrong. I have <laughs> seen him before. Yeah, he he does look familiar. Yeah, he's just a guy that's been in just everything. Like, it might just be an yeah. episode sometimes, but. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say a lot of appearances, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of those guys that's just been working. I mean, he was, you know, in so many episodes of the X-Files. So many. So he wasn't like a once-off character in that. He was a main character throughout the entire series. So... Anyway, you guys ready to talk about this big little? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we're going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything between with the new Disney live-action movie, The Little Mermaid. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores. And then into a more spoiler-centric section. And with all that, who should go first tonight? I'll go, since you guys were just both quiet. Oh, I was going to say, who went first last time? I knew he was going to make it whoever spoke first, so I was waiting. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you would. No, I was asking who was going to volunteer. So yeah, if you spoke and went yes, then yeah, but... You guys were both so hesitant. So, I can go first again. Go for it. Switch it up. It's whatever. This movie is a very complicated movie for me. I did end up, overall, when the movie was all said and done. I thought it was kind of boring. Uh, 
And I think my issue with it is, and where based on talking to other people and reading other people and listening to what other people say about it, I think your opinion on this movie drastically hinges on how you feel about the original Little Mermaid. If you just think the the Little Mermaid is like okay or just good or just fine or anything like that, I think this movie is going to be either the exact same or worse for you. Just for the sheer fact that it's pretty much the exact same movie, but longer. They just add a ton of filler to it. I didn't really feel like much of what they added served too much conquest. What is the word I'm thinking of? Consequence. Uh, I feel like they really added to the character of Eric, who isn't terribly, uh, you know, expounded upon in the original. But I think that that was really about it. I didn't really feel like they added much to anything else. And that's just if you like what they added. There's a ton in here I think that you can have problems with. There's three new songs. Uh, I don't think any of them really matter. One of them feels absolutely random. Uh I mean, it's not a spoiler. There's a rap in this. I I don't think it fits with everything else that goes on with this movie. Eric's song is fine, I guess, musically speaking. I think visually, it's rather boring. It's just him standing around looking at a beach while he sings. It's and there and in those scenes, there's nothing any like visually striking even in that. So like I said, if you are kind of just in the middle or, you know, slightly like the first movie, I think that it, it's a hindrance in this because so much is the same, but it's just so much longer. So you end up getting to the beats that you know from the first movie with just so much more time in between and nothing to really grab your attention or keep you completely satisfied in between those scenes. But most people I've talked to that really like The Little Mermaid or love The Little Mermaid, they love this movie. They really enjoy it. They, To them, it's all the same beats that, that they love from the first one, and there's just more stuff happening in between. They're not as bogged down to get to those same beats. And since I am not somebody that absolutely loves The Little Mermaid or even really likes The Little Mermaid, I just kind of thought The Little Mermaid in general is just okay. When I watch this one, I get a little bored. I will say this, though. Uh, Halle Bailey, right? If I ever say Halle Berry in this episode, just know I mean Halle Bailey, it's gonna wreak havoc on my brain that their names are so close together they just have one double consonant difference between the two that's just gonna wreak havoc on my brain 
So Halle Bailey, she is utterly fantastic as Ariel. I think her singing voice is better than the original cartoon. Uh, She's got a lot of presence when she's on the screen. She's got really good energy to her. She does a really good job. And then everyone else is just mostly serviceable to me. I mean, Aquafina, David Diggs, uh, Melissa McCarthy, uh, Javier Bardem. I, I can't say that they're in the movie enough for me to really be like, yeah, they did an amazing job. Especially Melissa McCarthy. I think Melissa McCarthy was vastly underutilized in this movie. I don't think she's in it, in it anywhere near enough to be effective because she's in it about the same amount that Ursula's in the first one. And there's just so much more movie in this than there is in that one. So in the end, you get a real lack of presence from a villain in this movie. So I think this movie is really kind of up in the air for how you feel about the first one. I don't think it's going to change your mind. I don't think if you don't like the first, the original that all of a sudden you're going to like this. And I think if you really love the first one, I don't think it's going to change your mind to make you hate anything either. I think this is going to just kind of amplify whatever feelings you have towards the original little mermaid. It's just going to take what you feel there and it's just going to either expound upon it or, you know, that I don't think it's going to change any minds. Also, I, th- I bet if you've never seen Little Mermaid, you'd probably really like this one. Because then you don't, you're not worried about the same beats. You're not thinking of the same beats. You're not thinking of those moments. If you're going into this without seeing anything, I bet you would also probably really enjoy this one. I just didn't. Uh, Heather, what are your thoughts? I do think it's funny that you said that about the original Little Mermaid because I actually fall into the same camp with that because I was never super big on the original Little Mermaid. For me, it was just okay. It didn't really stand out to me as far as like the Disney movies of the time. So I'm kind of in that camp as you because, yeah, I just it was only okay for me. It wasn't my I need to rewatch this type of Disney movie and you know, it wasn't necessarily the most uh, interesting story to me at the time as a kid. So I'm really kind of in your camp with that. And I do, I, I would say that I mostly agree with you on that because I feel like because I knew where this movie was going to be going, um, it just, I think that it did unfortunately make the runtime of this new one seem longer because it was a long movie. I mean, they added like a whole hour almost to this movie from the original. And so I do think that unfortunately there were points where I did feel that I felt that it was longer and, and that could just be the disadvantage of again, like I knew where this was going. And so I was just kind of like, okay, why are we taking so long to get there at points? (laughs) But um, that being said, I will, I will say that I actually did like this one better than the original. I do think this one was better and it has nothing to do with, any performances, I actually thought everybody was really solid in their performance. I think it's just the storyline in general never fully engaged me even when I was younger. So 
And and because they didn't really change much of the story, it, it really was kind of the same for me of like, eh, okay, the story's fine. But I do think this is a movie for me where the performances did kind of elevate this movie for me a little bit because I agree. I think Hallie Bailey was phenomenal. She was beautiful. She has this angelic voice. She was a really kind of perfect Ariel. She did a great job. Um, No notes for her on that. My only note really is that I wish that her hair was a little bit more vibrant red. That's my only issue with her. (laughs) And that wasn't her choice. So just because there's like that iconic red aerial hair. And I really thought that her hair was going to be just a little bit more vibrant red. Other than that, I thought she was beautiful, stunning and lovely in all the ways. But um, I think I actually slightly disagree with you, Sterling, on Melissa McCarthy, because yes, she was definitely not in this movie a lot. I think she was amazing. I think she was a really great Ursula. I think she really kind of owned every minute of the screen that she was on when she did have those moments she was on the screen. I think she did. She was a great Ursula. I think she was a great villain. Um, I kind of liked the quirky funniness that she did bring to the character in this. So I actually really did enjoy her performance a lot in this as well. And I really enjoyed Javier Bardem as uh, King Triton. I thought he was, there was something about his like compassionate approach that he took with the character that I really kind of uh, appreciated, like in a weird way, like compassionate towards his daughter specifically. But yeah, I don't know. There was something about the way that he portrayed that character that I really did enjoy. So I really think that the performances are definitely the thing about this movie that makes it better. Um, And again, Prince Eric, he was in this movie more. And I actually think that was a, a good decision because I feel like that he you you kind of you get to know him more as a character in this and you kind of care a little bit more about his motives and care about him as a character in this movie. Um, so yeah, I, I really did like what they added there. But I do feel like for the amount of extra time they had in this movie, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm kind of lost at what made this movie so much longer. <laughs> like it just, I feel like it didn't, it just unfortunately didn't need to be as long as they made it with the extra stuff. Like the extra songs is fine. And the extra adding, you know, a little bit more layers to some of the characters was fine, but it just, it didn't need a full hour longer of a runtime in my opinion. So that that's probably, I would say my biggest like complaint about it is it was too long. And, and that does, I will say have to do with the fact that I was not, super big on the original little mermaid in the first place but for what what it is i actually you know i do think this is better i think the music was better um i do also like the energy that davi diggs brings as sebastian i always think that he has some kind of like there's something about him that like when he's on screen or he's doing something in a movie that i'm always very like captivated by what his character is doing. So I I did appreciate that as well. And I think one thing that gave me a little bit more up on, well, actually, I don't know. It might be a spoiler. So I might wait. There's, there's a little change that they make in some of the songs that I appreciated. So, but we'll talk about that in spoilers. Um, But yeah, I, I think that this movie is, it's fine for what it is. But again, 
I, I definitely think that it, it is a very valid statement to say if you loved the original Little Mermaid or you haven't seen the original Little Mermaid, you are actually going to like this movie. But if you're in the camp of you didn't like the original or you were just kind of so-so on it, this might not hit you as much as it would hit other people that enjoy it more as a story in general. But visually, it's beautiful. Um, again, the songs are great. All of the voices in this movie are really great. Like the singing is so great in all of the characters. So yeah, I think it was it was a it was decent. Um, I liked it more than the original, but again, not not super high on the original in the first place. So this one was okay for me. Justin, what about you? Cool, cool. So, um, so going into this one, I went back and I watched the original film just so it was fresh. It had been years since I've seen the original animated little mermaid. And I wanted to like really pay attention to like the differences and like, you know, if they made any changes, I wanted to be able to kind of speak on those things specifically and just kind of give that perspective on here for, for people who are looking for, okay, if I do go watch this, are there any differences? Are there any that are meaningful? Um, and, are, you know, are there, did they do anything to add to what was there in the original film? To the answer to that question, I would say, yes, there are some changes that they made and there are some things that they do with the characters that definitely make this story and the way that they told it better than what they did with the original story. Um, to that, though, I do still think that there are some elements, though, that are better in the original animated film. I don't think it's to say everything was better about this film, but there are definitely some things. Uh, one of the principal complaints about the original animated film was sort of this complaint that it didn't spend enough time with the, the, the relationship with her and Eric wasn't very believable that it became too much about just her wanting to, you know, Ariel just kind of, going away from her family. And there was just like this very like kind of reductive statement that the film is kind of making and stuff like that. I do feel that the movie attempts to answer some of those things. It attempts to try to do some things with the story to make it play better than what it did um, in the the original film and i appreciated those things um it makes ariel more of a heroine in this than in the original film uh in the original animated film she very much is somebody who kind of is making these bad decisions and then the men are kind of fixing them i mean that that is pretty much how the 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 animated film plays out. They fix a lot of that in this movie. 
She's a little more resourceful. She's smarter. She makes some key decisions in this, especially when you kind of look at her versus Ursula, that she makes some decisions in this that I think make her seem more like the main uh, protagonist of this story. So I appreciated that. Um, it, it's interesting that y'all were like, if you, <laughs> if you, if you loved the, the, the original movie, oh, then you're definitely going to like this one. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the sentiment uh, online and stuff like that. And even before this movie came out, I mean, so many people that seem to just have this love for the original right when they saw Holly Bailey was being cast as Ariel had a problem with this film. This film is being review bombed, you know, the, so I don't know if just because you liked the first one necessarily means that you're going to like this one, because there are definitely some key differences that I could maybe see somebody who's like all about the original one, not liking in this one, not liking the changes, not liking that Ariel's hair isn't red, not liking the diversity and everything like that. I could see people having problems with this, you know, based on uh, the original movie. So I don't know if it's so set in stone that if you like that one, you're just going to like this one. There are some key differences in this one. Well, also, but a lot of what you brought up with it, though, are people that aren't either going to watch the film or even really give it a shot. If they're review bombing it before the movie comes out or automatically complaining that a black woman is cast as Ariel, they're not going into it going, I love Little Mermaid. I want to watch this movie. That's that's a completely different subsect of people. You know, most of them aren't even going to see it. You know, no, I think I think some of them will, though. I think they will just because they're going to go in going, oh, look at them trying to, you know, you know, copy this classic. And it's just nothing like the original. You know how people are. That's that's just what they do. And that's fair. But I'm just I'm talking about people that love the first one and they're going into this going, I love the first one. I want to see this one. Like that, that is a, still a totally different mindset than also the subsect that you're talking about. Like, cause also more often than not, these people online that are complaining that are like, oh, you're ruining a masterpiece and all this other stuff. They probably haven't seen Little Mermaid in 15 fucking years either. You know, they're <laughs> fucking complaining cause a black woman got cast in a role. You know what I mean? They, and of course, retroactively speaking, when they're online and it doesn't matter, oh, Little Mermaid's the greatest movie ever made. Why would you fucking ruin it? They haven't fucking watched that in so fucking long. It's just internet racist bullshit rhetoric that they're spewing. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I get what you're saying on that blanket statement, but like, I'm just talking about the people that I've talked to that really like this movie. Yeah. Tend to say, I really loved the first one and I loved this one too. You know what I mean? That's what I'm coming from with it. Yeah. And that is a good point of clarification. And that, that, that's kind of what I was thinking when I was talking about it. But you're right, Justin. There were a lot of people that 
like they're like, no, don't touch the classic original. Like, don't do it. Like, it's a mistake and all this stuff. So, yeah, there are definitely a lot of those people for sure. But um, I guess, yeah, I just anybody that I know that loved the first that was like, oh, I'm excited for this. I don't think that I've heard of anyone so far that's been let down by that. But yeah, that's that's a good point of clarification, though, because you're right. There are those people that they love the original so much that they're like, don't change anything or it's the worst without even really yeah. giving it a shot. And that's why I want to make sure to say that, because there's a because much like the diversity of this movie, there's a diverse <laughs> number of people who like that original for different reasons. And some of those reasons are not in this film or they were changed or they did some things to kind of make it um, what they thought was better in this movie. So I just thought that that was important to kind of distinct that, you know, I think it's good to make that distinction that there are different kinds of fans. (laughs) <laughs> that like the original. So I just yeah, thought that that, that that was worth to, to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I was reverse engineering it. I talked to people. They're like, I really loved it. And I'm like, well, what did you think of the first one? I really loved it too. You know what I mean? Like there always seemed to be a correlation of the people that loved this movie. All also said they loved the little mermaid. I didn't have anybody that I've talked to or listen to or anything that was like, I thought the the first one was just, eh, but I really loved this one. You know what I mean? I was reverse engineering that, I guess. Like people that said they loved it say they loved the first one too. So I guess, and I guess that's an oversimplification. I also just don't care about these fucking troll shits. Like, I gotcha. you know, fuck them. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, you know, that's a part of the story of this movie, too. So I just think it's important to mention. But moving on. um, So so there were definitely things about this that I really appreciated. I do. I think that the Ariel Eric relationship is better in this movie because of decisions that they made, um, decisions that they made to give that more time which added to the runtime of this. Yes, it did. But it felt like that was a necessary change. Um, uh, Some of the songs, uh, um, I would say none of them kind of stand out to me like, oh man, these are great additions to the the original song lineup that they had. Um, The Eric song, I was, it, it was okay. I might have made a different decision. I do agree that he needed a song. I think that character definitely needed one. Um, he he needed everything they gave him, that character needed. He needed some development. We needed to know more about him. We needed to understand something about his motivations and where he's coming from. I just probably would have had him sing at a different place in the movie to kind of explain more about who he is rather than the, the, the aerial thing. I think I would have maybe made a different, a slightly different decision there, but I understand what they were trying to do. The the character needed a song. Did it aesthetically Um, bother you like it did me? 
Well, I, it didn't bother me, but I get what you're saying about it being kind of uninteresting. Well, as far as just we're in one place yeah. and the 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 song is being sung. I get what you're saying with that, especially because every we, time Ariel sang, there was all these interesting visuals happening with it. Mm-hmm. Th- then you get this, and it's yeah. just stagnant. Yeah, because yeah. if you think about the the big number and like just visually what they did with Ariel in that scene was probably like the most amazing Ariel shot you could ever get. <laughs> Comparing that with what Eric got, you're just like, mm, this is different. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I but I think I have an idea that might have, um, or at least what I would have liked to have seen them do with him but 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 you but i agree that the character needed a song because i mean we don't know nothing about eric in the original movie like when you watch them side by side it's like night and day what they did with that character so i appreciated a lot of that shit um davi diggs and aquafina aquafina was a pleasant surprise for me in this i when i first heard scuttles talk and it was Aquafina. Now, I didn't look up the cast and all that kind of stuff. You know, I just kind of prefer to go into some of these things <laughs> You didn't blind. need to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not going to be on some site or looking at rumor mills or looking at, hmm, who's casted in these movies so I can imagine their voices as these characters. I'm not that person. I mean, I know there are people like that. I'm not like undermining downplaying them or anything but like i feel like that's I'm a jab at me person. since i talked about cast rumors <laughs> at the beginning of the episode <laughs> well i know some people get giddy about that stuff but but me i'm just kind of a i prefer to kind of go in a little blind and just watch the movie i just feel like i enjoy it more when i know less it seems like um and now you couldn't help but hear about holly bailey being casted so of course i knew that and i knew about Javier Bart, you know, there are people, you know, you recognize from previews and stuff, but you know, I, but I thought she was a present surprise. Like when I first heard the voice, I was like, is that Aquafina as Scuttles? And at first it hit me weird because I was so used to how Scuttles sounded in the original. So it's like, it hit me weird. But as it went on, I appreciated what Aquafina did. And I mean, Aquafina just is so consistent. I mean, she just doesn't make any mistakes, really. So, I mean, she just always seems to... Huh? I said, except for Renfield. Dang, I never saw that. So, she's perfect in my book. You, you, you saw know, Renfield? She, With Nicolas Cage? The Nicolas the Cage vampire movie? Oh, yeah. It's her. the one that nobody yeah, remembers. That. Yeah, the one that I said Damn, everybody's I can't believe I forgot that that fast. I can't believe I forgot that that fast. It's very true. Yeah. It's so that was true, like six though. episodes but, but ago. to be fair, my problem wasn't her performance. It was how they wrote that cliche-ass cop fair. story for her. So to be fair, that was not her fault. I can't. She she didn't write the character, so I think she's still perfect. You for me. you did what we joked about me doing, like just forgetting it literally a week <laughs> later. I did. I totally forgot about that. I like how you said. I, like, I, I think in the, in the I think in my review I said I I would probably forget this movie. I just like how you said. <laughs> oh man, I never saw that one. We did an episode. <laughs> I know that whole. Two hours we spent, two and a half hours talking about it, and I totally forgot. Well, that shows you how much of an impact that movie had on me. 
Um, but no, I liked her in this man. It just seems like she always just finds a way of being funny. The way she did the voice was was good. Uh, Davi Diggs was good too, and I thought Melissa McCarthy. I agree with you on that too, Heather. I thought she was great as Ursula. She embodied the character, everything that the character was supposed to be, everything that the um that 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 I that that character needed to do. She did. She did sort of add her own little whims, you know, Melissa whimsical mannerisms and things to it a little bit, but she didn't over Melissa it to where it was just like, okay, this is just Melissa McCarthy being McCarthy. I got the sense that she really tried to be the Ursula character and do the character justice. And I think she did that. Like you said, she definitely had a presence. Um, Every scene she was in, I thought that she nailed it as Ursula. And um, so so I thought that she was fine. And then last but not least, uh, yeah, I agree. Holly Bailey definitely has some star power. Like, she just embodied Ariel. She sounded like Ariel. Like, in, in all, and like you said, in all of the songs, like that song, Part of Your World, that is still one of my favorite Disney songs. You know, th- th- that shit is on my phone. You know, that's how much I love that song. And dare I say she was better than the the the, the original singer. Like she was. some of the she was better. some of the notes she hit, I know that other singer couldn't hit. Like some of those notes, I was like, my goodness, man, she is killing this right now. And it wasn't just the singing, um, which good on Disney hiring people who can do both. You know what I mean? That that's good for these live action remakes because we haven't always had that. And sometimes that has sort of dampened the quality of some of these live action remakes. But it wasn't just the singing. It was just the acting and everything. And now it's starting to be even more. I think if you watch this, it's even more clear how some people could be in a casting room and looking at these auditions and go, oh yeah, that's Ariel. I mean, just everything, her mannerisms, the way she sounded. And I can't speak for like, because a a good portion of this movie, the character is mute. You know, the character can't talk. And a lot has to be done with acting and mannerisms and stuff like that. And a lot of that, was extended for this film. You know, we didn't see a lot of Ariel doing that in the original cartoon because, you know, it's much shorter. A lot of that stuff was extended for this film. So she had to do a lot of acting, not being able to speak, just emoting everything with her mannerisms and just her facials. And she killed it even at that, man. And I think really her performance really is what made this movie for me. I think if that performance is not what it is, if she wasn't able to add what she did to the songs, then this is, you know, then maybe I don't think that this is like a good movie. Maybe that was the difference. She just made a difference, man, in her scenes, her interactions with everybody and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, overall, um, I thought that it was a good movie. Um, I don't know if I can say it's better than the original, but I definitely think 
it is better in some ways, um, especially when you look at the story. Um, But some of the, I don't know, it's just so weird to compare the animation because there are just things in animation. And I've talked about this in The Lion King and I'll talk about it more in the spoilers. I feel like we've been here long and we need to get there. Um, But there are just certain things that you can do in animation that when you're doing like lifelike, this is still animation, but when you're doing lifelike animation and stuff like that, I just don't think certain things translate. And I do think that that got to some of this with Flounder. Flounder, you thought that he was, man, he wasn't who I was talking about, but, um, but, but no, I see some of that. It was just, I, I, I see the, some of that. The way you, because you're talking about also the Lion King. Like to me, Flounder reminded me of the Lion King, like the whole movie. Really? It was just that weird mix of he was too fish like to be doing the things he was doing. Like Sebastian and Scuttle, they softened him a little bit, they made them mm-hmm. slightly more animated. Yeah. Whereas Flounder looked like a fucking just real ass fish all talking and shit. <laughs> just kind of reminded so, me of the Lion King. So that's why, like, when you did that, I just took that. Not the not the chubby, chubby flounder. Yeah. The cute chubby flounder. <laughs> it's just a drastic change. I know that this is more accurate to the fish that flounder is supposed to be. I'm just saying, like, it's just one of those things that you were mentioning the Lion King. And you paused a little after you said with, and I just took the opportunity to just throw flounder under the bus. <laughs> okay. But, but, but I get some of that though. And I think just, it, it does something different to how you receive the, the, the characters and some of the things that you're watching because it looks so real and lifelike. And sometimes I do think when you're trying to have them do something at the same or similar to like an animated cartoon, I think there is like kind of like, there's kind of like this line of demarcation with your suspension of disbelief because you're watching something that looks real and you know how it moves and you know how it's supposed to like move and everything like that. But then you're watching it. I don't know. Some it's a juxtaposition that doesn't always work. And I don't think it worked with everything in this film but because of that. But overall, I, I do think it's a good movie. I think it's actually, I mean, probably when you look at their live action remakes, it's probably one of the better ones overall. It's probably one of the better ones. It has That's some fair. of the better, yep. it, it has some of the better performances and, um, and the singing is very good. Some of the changes they made did make the story better. And what more do you want a remake to do other than that? I mean, I don't know what more it can do uh, other than just be a different movie. So I think if it checks all of those boxes, that's good enough. So, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Recommendation and scores? Yep. Yep. Recommendations and scores. Justin, keep it going. Okay, I'll make this quick. <laughs> Talked enough for the other section. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to recommend it. Um, I, I do agree that I think that most people, sensible people, who if you liked 
the earlier Little Mermaid, I don't think there's anything here that's necessarily going to make you angry or anything like that. The, I mean, they really try to, like, keep the spirit of that original animated one. I mean, there are parts in the script where there are just straight up lines that are the exact same as that movie and stuff like that. But I do think that they also made an effort to flesh out the characters a little bit more, to make certain aspects of it more meaningful. And I think with the decisions that they made most overall, they did that. Um, Just talking to, I did a little, just kind of little ask thing on my um, site and, and every person who's a parent that said that they watched this said that their kids enjoyed this. And ultimately that's, um, I think where most of the audience is for this, it's a Disney family film. So most families seem to be liking this and seem to be enjoying this and having fun with it and everything like that. I I barely heard any complaints of anybody saying their kids didn't like it or they thought it was too different from the original. I'm, I'm not hearing too much of that from people who gave it a chance in the first place. So, uh, so yeah, I think that if you, um, I I think you'll like the movie. And then I think kind of what you said, Sterling, that one aspect of what you said, I do agree with. If you've never seen this at all and you just go into this and you're just watching a movie, it's a good musical. It's a good musical. It, It has fun songs. It's got colorful graphics and stuff like that. You've got a good, um, all of the actors showed up for this. You've got some good voice acting in this. And overall, I, I think it's just a good, solid film, even without the comparisons and all of that stuff before it. I think it's a good, solid musical film. It, it's perfectly fine to say it like that. So, yeah, we're going to recommend it. Um, I'll go. I don't know. I feel like. I'm like, should I go say, I'm, I'm like in between 75 and 80 and I can't decide. I don't know if I want to give it a B or just go below that and give it a, a 75. I don't know. We'll, I'll see where I land when we talk about it. My score may change, but we'll go right in the middle. We'll say, we'll say 78. How about that? We'll go there. We'll go somewhere in there. It's not technically the middle, but hey, we'll go with the 78. We'll go 78. Um, <laughs> bird crab raps <laughs> in the morning out of a hundred. Hey, we round up here at Cinema Slayers. Just remember, we round <laughs> up. That's true. We round up. Heather, what about you? Yeah, it's interesting because even as somebody who was never a fan of the original story or movie either, there's nothing I could say that I can't say this is a bad movie. Yeah. I can't say it's something that I'm like, it's horrible. Don't watch it. I think that it checks the boxes of most movie goers in some way or another. I do think obviously like, I'm, I'm on the lower end of it just because of the fact that again, the original was not my favorite. But like I said, I think this movie 
is better than the original in some ways. And I, I think it's, I think it's worth it. I think it is worth the watch and especially just honestly, the thing that I'm going to probably remember most about this movie is just the relevance and the, the awesomeness that it is that they casted a black woman to play um, Ariel. Like, I just think that that's a really amazing thing. And I think that's an important thing. And just, I remember seeing when this was first announced or you first see like the, the teaser trailer for this and all of the girls that you see on YouTube or TikTok or whatever that were watching it that were like, Hey, she looks like me. Like that's what I'm going to most remember about this movie. And I think that that in itself is a very important reason to give this movie a shot, you know, but even beyond that, Halle Bailey is phenomenal. She does have that star power. She is, I mean, she's got everything you could want. I mean, she's got this insane angelic voice. She's beautiful. She's got acting skills, like everything that she does in this movie, seeing it for her alone, I think would actually be worth it. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't see a reason to necessarily say don't watch it. I mean, again, it is long and it does drag in parts for me in this movie. But even with that being said, it's not, a, it doesn't, it's not an offensive movie in any sort of way. And I think that it's a really important point of diversity, just even with the the different people casted in this movie in general, I think it's really cool and important to acknowledge that. And I think Disney was smart with doing this the way they did. So yeah, sure. I recommend it. Um, I, I, I am a little bit lower on this than you are, Justin. I'm going to go with, I do think it at least deserves a C. So I'm going to give it um, 70. Melissa McCarthy wins for best hair in this movie out of a hundred. If you loved the first one, go watch this. If you loved the first one and you're worried they ruined it because they hired a black woman as Ariel, shut the fuck up, suck it up and go watch this movie. She is a better Ariel. This woman is Ariel. Deal with it. Go watch the movie you'll actually probably enjoy it. If you're lukewarm on Little Mermaid, wait till it's on Disney Plus. It's fine. That's fair. If you've never seen The Little Mermaid, go watch it. It's fine. Go watch it. You'll probably enjoy it. If you don't like The Little Mermaid, I don't know. Watch it when it comes on Disney Plus anyway. I think you should watch it. I just think it was kind of boring with how they stretched things out. And I get what Justin's saying about what they added, how it enhances their relationship, and how they added depth to Prince Eric. And I don't disagree with those points. I think that they messed up a little bit, though, with how they framed how they added stuff to the relationship. Because there's a few lines of dialogue that they kept from the original at the same place as the original. And it actually makes those elements a little weird to me. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but I, I think you should watch it. 
Everybody should give this movie a chance. And like an actual chance. Don't go into this watching it going, I told you it was going to be shitty because I knew it was going to be shitty and I said it was going to be shitty and I was thinking it was going to be shitty ever since I, you know, I got my popcorn for this movie. Now fuck off with all that shit. Like give it an actual chance. It is worth that. I am slightly lower than you guys on my score though. I give it 65. Uh, I don't know. 65. They got rid of the weakest song in the movie out of 100. That song in the first movie where it was uh, the chef singing about wanting to, like, kill and chop fish and shit. Yeah. I I forget what it's called. I forgot about that song, honestly. La Perone or something like, I don't know, some French word shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the weakest song in all of Little Mermaid. And it would have been weird in this movie. It's weird in the first one. It would have been even weirder in this one. So that was the one of the best musical decisions they made in this movie was getting rid of that. Because even though I didn't necessarily like that scuttle Sebastian rap, it's still infinitely better than that fucking song. So, yeah. And, and not even just the song, but just that chef character and maniacally running around trying to cut up Sebastian and stuff like that. And then it happens at, you know, it happens in the kitchen and he destroys the kitchen. Then it happens at the wedding and they're running around at the wedding. I am so glad they got rid of all that shit. Cause even going back and watching the original movie, I was like, what purpose did all of this serve? Like it was just, <laughs> I forgot about him slapstick kind of funny Looney Tunes, 90 shit. You know what I mean? So, so glad that they cut that out. That was a great omission of something that was in the original film. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, so that makes this official CineScore a 71. Uh, spoilers? Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. I'll be quick. I want to talk about the three things that I absolutely hated about this movie. Absolutely. First and foremost, I hated what they did with giant Ursula at the end of this movie. I didn't like that she was a dimly lit molten lava-esque Ursula. They should have done way too dark. They should have done just like the original animated and just made it a big ass Melissa McCarthy. They should have just kept that because this movie has the better ending because it has Ariel killing Ursula instead of Prince Eric doing it. It has the better version of it. It just has the worst Ursula in that instance. Visually speaking, 
It's just terrible. Uh, during the song Under the Sea, these mermaids and sea creatures are just touching jellyfish, just all willy-nilly. And that supremely bothered me while watching this movie. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but the entire scenes when they were happening, I'm like, those are fucking jellyfish. Are we supposed to just believe that mermaids are just magically, you know, impenetrable to jellyfish things? Some of the deadliest creatures in the sea. And mermaids just touching all over them. There was a scene where, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I want to say it's Ariel. It could have been something else. If it was something else, I think it would have been matter. But Ariel, like, fan, like touches the, like the jellyfish tentacles, like fans them like their hair. Like, come on. Like, you could do all this shit. Because it's all fake. It's all CGI. You could have CGI'd anything. And you chose what is arguably the most dangerous thing in the sea, creature-wise. I know everybody likes to think sharks and all this other stuff. No. Jellyfish are worse. It's mainly because you never see them coming. Especially they could be floating and their little fucking stingers could be like 30 feet long. You don't know that they're and all of a sudden you're getting hit by them and like a Portuguese man of war or a box jellyfish that are just super fucking deadly. And they're just touching them, just touching them. And they're all like playing with them and all this. Shit. Fuck that. It really super bothered me. And like I said, there are things about this movie I don't like. These are things I hated though. Hated. And then... The last thing that I just absolutely hated was the timing of the way they handled some of the things. Well, I agree with you, Justin. A lot of the extra stuff they added were to, was to strengthen the character of Eric and was to strengthen the relationship he has with Ariel to make it a little bit less, hey, I saw this guy. I love him. I'm going to go be, be a, a, a person now. They wanted to, to lessen that. I get it. But when Triton is like, sees the statue of Eric, and she's like, no, father, you don't know him. He's not like the others. You don't know him. Motherfucker, you don't know him either. You still actually haven't met the guy. I know you saved his life, but you still haven't met him. You heard him talk on a boat. And that was it. That's what bothered me What that I said I kind of talked about earlier. The way they placed some of the lines. Because they still kept that fight scene that she has with her father, the argument, I should say, the same, roughly, as the animated movie. And then they changed the stuff afterward. It still frames it very weirdly. I'm not, I'm not saying uh, this works better than the animated movie as a whole with their relationship. It still gives it a slightly weird framing problem that the movie, the animated movie also suffered from. And it's because they adhered to it a little too, they adhered to being a little bit too similar to the animated movie with some of the lines of dialogue. 
Bonus thing I hated, Ursula's necklace. When she's on land and she's got the little siren voice in her necklace, that shit glows. Not like a, oh, it's a shiny piece of gold or anything like that. No, it fucking glows. It looks like a little mini star around her neck. It fucking glows. And no one, no one around there goes, hey, what the fuck is your necklace glowing? Like it is burning bright. It is emitting light from it. Almost as if it is a magical entity or something. Because it's happening in front of people. And just no one cares to comment on it. No one. It is easily the most like visually striking thing you could see at the time. Like people are talking and this thing just starts fucking shining like it's a fucking flashlight in your eyes. And nobody seems to go, hey, why is your necklace lighting up? I get that that sounds like a weird nitpicky thing. But when it just started glowing and people are just still carrying on a conversation around, I'm like, that is the brightest fucking thing I've ever seen. Why is nobody talking about it? It's a little too, it's a visually incorrect scene. They should not have done that. It bothered me immensely. I know it sounds weird. But like I said, if your movie makes me think something and doesn't give me any reason to not think about it, I'm going to bring it up because it's your movie's fault, not mine. And I want to give a note to AMC theaters. You may need to fix your speakers. Because in some of the very high notes that Halle Bailey did, there was speaker distortion. Well, it was either two things. It's either it was mixed poorly and then the entire thing clipped. And I'm just going to assume a $200 million movie is not mixed so poorly that it clips because it gets too loud. So the alternative would be AMC fix your fucking speakers. They're not balanced properly. I was getting distortion in that. It really bothered me. So that's just for AMC. Don't worry about it, Disney. I'm pretty sure you're fine. AMC fix your shit. Uh, I, I'm really curious uh, on, on what you have to say, Justin. So what do you got? Okay. No, I didn't have a sound issue in my theater. So yeah, it's probably... Your AMC theater. Yeah, like I said, I just Is like that to the assume. the one you frequent? Yeah. But, I mean, it's it, it could just be that that note is higher than most, no, like, sounds in a movie. <laughs> so, they, it's you would have yeah. never noticed it or something. Because she hit a ridiculous fucking note at the end of part yeah, of the Yeah, she world. went, like, yeah. She yeah. freaking, boy, she got up there. Um, Man, where to even begin? Um, I, I guess just uh, f- from the outset, just kind of talking about some of the things like uh, we'll just go like and dislike. All right. So in the original movie, Prince Eric, you don't know anything about Prince Eric other than just he's handsome and he's a prince and 
Ariel saved him and he just really, 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 really wants to meet this woman and marry this woman who saved him on the beach and he heard singing. And that is literally all you get from him pretty much as a character. He just wants Ariel. So then when everything, and then when everything happens at the end, like I'm going back watching this and I'm like, man, this is really like, like I'm it, it may reflecting on that makes me happy for the changes they made here because at the end of that movie, um, the original, um, Prince Eric kills Ursula. You know, he's the one that drives the ship in. And it's Ariel who's down there um at the at, at the on the ground level of the sea where the water had come up and like Ursula sort of surrounded her and was shooting her with the trident beam or whatever. And she's about to be killed. And it's, you know, it's Prince Eric that comes to the rescue and saves her. So I was like, so going back watching that, I, I even went before I saw this movie and I was watching that. I was like, even just watching it back, I was like, man, I really hope that Ariel has more to do with, <laughs> with Ursula being ended than, than she did in this. Because here she's just being saved. and when I think about that whole movie, a lot of it plays that way. She's just sort of like, Oh man, uh, you know, I really want to go on the surface. I want this Prince Eric guy. And she makes all these decisions, you know, dad tries to help dad gets, you know, captured by Ursula. Then she's about to be killed by Ursula. And then another man, Eric has to save the day. So that's sort of how the original movie works out. In this movie, they made Ariel, Ariel was a lot smarter. Ariel was a lot more resourceful. And, and they kind of showed you examples of that. Like the first example was with the shark. Now in the original movie, they just, her and Flounder just sort of swim really fast. And then I think the shark goes through like a little ring or something, like some sort of iron ring or something, a part of a ship and the shark gets stuck. And that's how they sort of escape it. I like how in this, they made it a little more intricate than that. She kind of saw uh, a reflection. She sort of lures the shark over there and then kind of uses the shark, the the reflection against the shark and kind of tricks the shark and stuff like that. So just kind of showing that she's um, a a little more resourceful in this movie. And, And then that sort of comes into play with later on when Ursula is on the boat and trying to marry Prince Eric and everything, she's the one that grabs the, 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 the shiny uh, shell necklace that bothered Sterling so much. She's the one that pulls it and yanks it off of Ursula and breaks it in the other film. It was the animals, you know, scuttle and the animals and all of them sort of scuttle and Sebastian sort of get fish and, animals and stuff like that. And they're the ones that do that. I think the dog also helped. Um, Prince Eric's dog participated and helped with that. I like how in this, it was Ariel that did it. You know, she was the one that broke the necklace and stuff like that. So I just like that she was a lot more involved in this, especially when you look at her versus Ursula she was a lot more involved in defeating Ursula in this. And then you already mentioned that, you know, it's, um, and they switched the roles completely. Like 
Now it was Prince Eric down there getting shot at with the Triton beam, and he's about to be killed. And it's Ariel that ultimately drives the ship into Ursula. All of that, I think, were good changes to sort of make her the I think there was a real effort made to make her like the central character. And they wanted her to also be the heroine of this. They wanted her to defeat the the bad guy or woman in this case. So I thought that all of that was uh, super effective. What I liked about this movie the most, though, was some of the stuff that they added, especially when you look at like the relationship with her and Eric. It, it felt a lot better in this movie. The, they did this little thing with Ursula's spell, because like in the original cartoon, when Ursula puts the tells her about the whole thing, you know, you can have legs, but you're going to lose your voice and you got three days to kiss this dude. And it's got to be true love's kiss and all of that stuff. Well, they did an interesting thing in here where I didn't know how I was going to like it when it was first introduced because Ursula goes, okay, I'm going to add something to this spell. She's going to forget that she has to do this in three days. She's not going to be aware that this is something that has to happen in three days. So she sort of made Ariel forget about that. And at first that See, seemed I weird to me. I was, was like, yeah, oh, I couldn't ahead. remember if that was part of the original or not. So I'm glad you brought that up. I was trying to remember that, and I couldn't remember if that was something that she had done in the original movie. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, yeah, yeah, it was totally, like, something they added for this. And at first, when she said it, I found it weird. I was like, why do they need to do that? But But then as the scenes played on, I kind of understood why they did that. Because... The original movie, that last half of it, when Ariel has legs and she's on land and she's trying to meet with Prince Eric and everything, it very much plays out. Even with Sebastian and Scuttles and all of them, it it very much plays out like, we got to get this kiss. We got to get this kiss. We got to get this guy to kiss you. We got to get this guy to kiss you. Come on, Ariel. You got to you got to kiss this dude. You know what I mean? It very much almost kind of egregiously so plays out like that. We got to get this kiss. We got to get this kiss. We got to get this kiss. So watching this, I, I see what they did. They, they made her forget that. So there was no, she wasn't in any kind of hurry really to sort of get to meet Prince Eric and stuff like that. So they sort of took their time with all of that. I like that there was just a scene of her enjoying the land and just going to markets and stuff like that. You know, the original movie kind of had her chilling with Eric for a little bit and they did the whole carriage ride and everything like that. But there weren't a lot of scenes of her just kind of discovering life on land. And that was such a big part of Ariel's curiosity and what she wanted and was a big reason for why she wanted to be on the surface in the pl- first place. So I like that a lot of this was um, just her discovering that, you know, I think that those, so for me, those were necessary additions because it played into the motivation or, or that this character um, has that wasn't quite portrayed in the original cartoon. 
So I felt like those were necessary changes and necessary additions uh, to the runtime. We needed to see her doing those things and needed to see her appreciating life on the surface and being curious about it and missing the point of certain things and sort of embarrassing herself and stuff like that. And Holly Bailey was just great in those scenes. She was not able to talk, but they sort of did this thing where she's sort of singing in her head and saying things so that you could kind of understand which. Yeah. And that was another smart decision. Yes, Heather, I agree. Like that was very good because it kind of gave you a sense of what she was feeling, but let, but also seeing her experience all of this stuff. Um, The fleshing out that they did with, with Prince Eric, they had more in common now. He liked to explore too. I like that he liked to collect things. I like that they sort of made Prince Eric this adopted son into this royal family. And so he sort of had this vision of wanting to go out more and trade with other cultures and stuff like that. Um, all of that seemed very fitting because, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I would just imagine that if you are a person that was accepted into this family that is not yours and they took you in and loved you and took care of you and treated you like you were um, a royal son, it's not too far out of the realm of possibility that you would then want to to think that it would be okay to want to go out and discover other cultures and be more open-minded about people and other on other islands and stuff like that. All of that matched up for me. You know, all of that seemed like traits that I could see the character having, but it also served a purpose to it. it, it you could see how his curiosity in some ways and his want for exploration and stuff like that matched up with Ariel so I really loved those scenes where they were just together and he was just showing her a map and they were learning about things and kind of learning about each other. All of that was good stuff. And I thought that the actors were very good in those scenes. And, and, and those to me were necessary additions to not only flesh out him, but to flesh out this growing love story. It felt like you understood why these people would be falling for each other. So they sort of, you know, in their own kind of way, eliminated this need for there to be a kiss. And there was more of a need for them to have things in common, to experience each other and stuff like that. So I think all of that helped this movie. And and I think that those are like some of the story elements that make it better than the original movie. All of that stuff was on point. I was here for it. Um, now with his song, I I do agree with Sterling that I do think that it was just visually, it was pretty bland. You know, he was just walking around. The the guy was singing well though. And I wasn't exactly, and, and I don't think that the song was bad or anything like that. What I probably would have done though is, and it's funny that you mentioned her listening to him talk about what some of his hopes and stuff like that on the boat when he was talking about his birthday. I think I would have put the song there, but not that song. I think what I would have had is maybe like he has the birthday or whatever. And so now it's nighttime on this boat and all the crew members are asleep, but Eric is still up 
contemplating stuff, thinking about stuff. And maybe he starts thinking about what he wants to do and who he is and how, you know, he hasn't found too many people that believe this way. And he has this, um, you know, some of those things that he was describing about his character to um, Grimm on the boat. I think it would have been cool if you had a song there, like, you know, among his sleeping crew members and he's dancing around on this boat. I think visually it would have been better. And maybe Ariel's watching him sing this song and talk about who he is and his thoughts and what, what, what his ambitions are and stuff like that. I would have put his song there and not, it, not had it so much be about the, you saved me and I'm going to wait and find you. And I know you're there and you, you know, you saved me from the water and I can't stop thinking about you and stuff like that. All of that to me was an idea that we already, you know, they already pretty much got that over in the original cartoon. So maybe put his song there where we can learn more about him through a song rather than where they put the song in the uncharted waters and everything like that. So I think it fits better there. Um, so yeah, that was just something I wanted to say about where I thought maybe, but, but I do agree. He needed a song. That character needed everything he got in this movie. He needed a better story. We needed to understand his relationship to his family, everything like that. Um, so to some of the, so some more things that I could have done without, or that I think are better in the other cartoon. And this is what I was talking about with the Lion King stuff in that under the sea song, there are parts to that, that where like Sebastian is singing the same lyrics in the original. And he's talking about, Oh, this animal is playing the strings and this animal is playing the, and like, None of that is happening on screen. Like it was just sea animals swimming around and, you know, stingrays floating or fish swimming around, but nobody was doing the things that he was describing in the song because you can't animate those (laughs) creatures doing those things like like the way they had it the, the the animated movie you know there these animals were holding other animals and stretching them to look like strings and playing them like they were instruments and stuff like that well obviously you, you this is trying to be more lifelike for these aquatic uh creatures and stuff so you couldn't have all of that um so there are some parts of that where i was like I I didn't like that he what what he was singing didn't match what I was seeing on screen. And that's some of the stuff that I was talking about. Now, I didn't hate the entire song because there were parts. Well, first of all, they had Holly Bailey in it a little bit. I think that definitely helped having her swimming around doing stuff was infinitely better than me just watching a bunch of CGI fish and stuff doing stuff. I think her being in the scenes a little bit helped because she's not in that song much at any at all. She's just kind of there at the beginning, Sebastian and the fish and everybody sing by themselves. And then he looks over and realizes she's gone. That's it. In this, she was kind of in it more. And I think that that helped visually her interacting with some of the 
uh, fish and stuff like that. And the jellyfish thing is funny that you mentioned that. I didn't even think uh, about that as you were saying that. And I think there was a part where the, the jellyfish was like swimming upward and she was totally like hanging on to the tentacles and stuff There's like that. There's two different jellyfish scenes. There's one where she's laying down on a bunch of them. Yeah, she, yes, that happened too. She's laying down on a bunch of jellyfish just float, And then this, the manta rays like swim through them. I'm like, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> they get stung. And then there's the one where it's that big ass jellyfish. And she's hanging from it and just floating up yep. on it like it's a fucking elevator. Or like she's Mary Poppins holding yep. her umbrella. <laughs> and then she just starts playing with the tentacles, but also hanging on them. Yeah, but you know how it goes. In a musical, you you know, all the rules kind of go out of windows in the, in a, in, when you're singing. You are teaching you know children bad work. lessons. There's going to be some dumb <laughs> child out there that's going to be like, I can be like Ariel and play with the, the, the jellyfish too and die. You got to be way more responsible. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, you know how it goes in a musical, man. I, nothing makes sense. Um, in a musical, you know, you'll just be a character will just be walking in town and everybody will start singing. The dog will start dancing. The, the, uh, cat will start, um, a cat will start break dancing. You know how musicals are, man. We, we, we throw all the rules out of the window and yeah. everything is kind of fair game when, when you're singing. Then so that just seems to be, that's the rule. Then that's why just the weren't way there goes, fish man. playing instruments then, Justin? <laughs> you got a point with that. Um, now they did do some stuff. Like I think there was a part where like some slugs or something kind of get up and they were dancing, doing like a little number or whatever. They were cutting a jig or whatever. So it wasn't all bad or anything, but I did just notice there were a few times where again, the realism of what we're seeing is not matching what the characters were doing. So that song was not as lively to me. It just wasn't as lively as how it was in the um, original cartoon. Um, Another thing that I liked about this that I think is better than the cartoon. um, At least there were uh, more scenes with her and her sisters Um, in the, in the, in the original cartoon, like she, she never even speaks to them. Like, I don't think there's a, there was a single part where she ever even speaks to them. Like the, the closest scene that you have is whenever, after she saves Prince Eric and all of that happens, she wakes up the next morning and she's all humming to herself and the sisters are like, Hey, what's with you? But she doesn't say a single word to any of them. She just sort of swims off and they're like Ariel's in love. So at least there were a couple of more scenes with lines and stuff from the sister. It, it it seemed like they were her sisters in this. It didn't just seem like they were just these family members that she just could care less about. It, it just felt like that a little bit more in the original cartoon. Didn't so much uh, feel like that here. So, so I did like that. I thought that that was, um, better better in this um and yeah the last thing i'll say is just to talk about the the big ursula i agree it was way too dark i I couldn't make anything out 
whenever Ursula grew up. I mean, I, to me, it was just too yeah. dark. Like I could see her, you know what I'm saying? But to me, it was just way too dark. I was just sitting there like, man, this is way too dark, man. There surely there had to be a, a, a better way to do this than this, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I definitely thought that that was probably the only like Ursula part that, uh, I didn't like was just how dark she was. Um, and last but not least the, the scuttlebutt rap, which had to have been some Lin-Manuel, like that totally felt like they, they, and I think Lin-Manuel's a producer on this, right? Well, he Isn't also he? wrote the the three songs that were added. Okay, so he wrote Eric's okay. song. Yeah, I was. He wrote that in your heart song that Ariel sings in her head. Okay, and this. Okay, one. yeah, he wrote all three of those. Uh, yeah. Okay, because I was about to say that was totally him, and then just the the Davi Diggs, and of course Davi Diggs is going to be down to do that. So. I don't know if I loved it per se. I, I wasn't like, oh, I loved it, but it was kind of entertaining, man. And I don't know. Aquafina just, I don't know. It's just something about that woman, man. She, she, that is an entertaining woman. So I didn't hate the song. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I can't say I felt indifferent. I was just kind of like, okay, Lynn Manuel, I know that was you. I knew that was you. That, that that was just him all the way. So no surprise that he wrote those songs. But well, uh, I, I think but yeah. to me, oh, go ahead. I think to me, it wasn't that it was bad. It's just it feels out of place. Yeah, like totally. Because there's not speak, a rap yeah. anywhere in. <laughs> like nothing. It's just no out break. of nowhere. It's like rap break. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, like intermission with a rap song in it or something. Yeah, it just, it comes out of nowhere. And then it just keeps going. Like it had the <laughs> logical stopping point that it just blows past. <laughs> like, so they could get that free flow in there. Yeah, and it's just, <laughs> and it, like, and then the way it ends, she just like throws a blanket on them and walks out and they're just like, that's rude. I'm like... Because she's been trying to leave the room for five minutes, guys. You just kept going. She didn't want to be rude. <laughs> yeah, she already knew about the scuttlebutt. You already told her. And that's so. that's one of those weird things, too, that it's... I get that that's technically lingo. Like, scuttlebutt is rumors. Yep. And it implies it is more of a nautical term. You know? But, like, it's also such a weirdly outdated term to then have that be what the rap is about. It felt like a rap in a kid's show, like an educational rap. <laughs> it did kind of, huh? This is what scuttlebutt means. Yeah. Scuttlebutt, scuttlebutt. Yeah, it did kind of seem like it would be on there. It just, like but I said. I don't know, man. But the quality of it was fine. I mean, it was, you know. It was composed well. It, you know, it had some interesting lyrics and some good turns of phrase, if you will. But it just was like, maybe you put that during the end credits. And not in the movie. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, but, but anyway, digress from that point. But other than that, 
I mean, everybody else was fine, man. I, I didn't have, I think those, I'm trying to see, is that, is that, were those all the problems? Uh, yeah, I think that those are the only like problems that I just really had with the film was just some of the animated stuff with, with the graphics of everything. Um, oh, the, the, the way that it starts, that was another thing I think is better in the original. I like how the, this is the last thing I'll say here that I'll let you go. The, the last, um, the way that it starts in the original with the whole Sebastian composing and all the sisters are supposed to sing and everybody's singing a part. And then when it gets to Ariel, she's gone. She's not there to do her part. And Triton's like, what the heck? I think that that was a way more fun sort of start to the film than the way they did it here, where it was kind of like Triton is in this meeting and it's just a meeting and he's just kind of talking to them and stuff about plans and stuff. I don't know. It was just a weird, like, I want to meet with all my daughters. I don't know. It was just, what it is this set up kind of thing? Yeah. Well, it was just sort of kind of, weird like i'm meeting with all of you and i'm glad all of you are here so we could just discuss some shit i could discuss with y'all anytime where's ariel i don't know it just didn't have that same i I liked how it was ceremonial in the first film this just felt like oh where's ariel she couldn't oh she's not here and i'll talk with her another time it just seemed like it could have been that kind of deal it didn't i didn't understand why that was Important. I mean, they said things like it was important, like, oh, you know, you weren't there to meet for the thing. But when they were there, it didn't feel like anything important was happening. It just felt like he was just talking to them. I don't know if y'all felt like that, but I certainly did. They technically both intros tie into each other. So they mention in the pirates and or the, the crew of the boat mention that on the coral moon, that Triton gathers his daughters to all sing the siren song together. So that meeting was to then address that part of it because it's the gathering they do, I guess, once a year mm-hmm. for that. Because the daughters don't live there. They all technically are supposed to live in their respective seas because all seven daughters are named after the seven seas. It's that type of thing. So they were gathered for that to sing the song. That they do every year, which is what I think they were showing in the first, in the animated little mermaid that they're rehearsing for. Yeah. Is to sing the siren song type of thing. So they technically tie into each other. I also uh, haven't seen the animated little mermaid in damn near 15 years. So. I kind of forgot that that's not how it started. So I guess it didn't bother me because I'm like, I think they started the same. Because I remember it being like, daughter, 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 daughter. Wait, where's Ariel? Ariel? I I, I remember yeah. that part yeah. of it, essentially. And they did the same thing. In this, so I was like, yeah, that's the same intro. I just did not remember it being different. Yeah, now in that, it was hella different. Like, 
they were all gathering. It was like a concert and there was everybody, there was a crowd and, you know, Sebastian comes out and they're like introducing Sebastian. And, you know, he gets the conductor wand and he's all, you know, and then he, he's playing thing. and it's a whole big extravagant performance. And this, they're just kind of sitting and talking. So I get that they were talking about doing stuff, but it just, it just kind of fell flat to me. I was like, I would have just done it the same. I would have just done it how they did it there. But, you know, just me. Anyway, I'm done. (laughs) What about you? I do think it's funny with that, um, like, when you mention uh, Aquafina, um, because I I agree with you. Like I knew, I knew the cast before going into the movie. But even if you didn't, she's got such a distinct voice that you would have known it was her. Like in a flat second, like there was just no question about it. But I think I don't know. I I will say probably one of the bigger laughs that I got from the movie did come from her. Um, I think it was like when she's trying to like sing when they're doing like the, the stuff in the, and the, like with the kiss the girl montage that they're doing. And she's like singing so aggressively loud and off key. And it was just very funny to me and it made me laugh because that was a very like Aquafina type of thing to do. But so I do agree. I think that she was a really good addition to that. And something that I really actually loved that they did in this movie, like as we've been talking about some of the changes they do to the songs and stuff is I didn't actually know it until after I was kind of seeing some things reading about it, but in the kiss the girl song, they changed some of the lyrics to it. And in the original, there was some line about, um, you know, you don't have to say a word, just kiss the girl. And then in this new one, they say something like, um, you know, use your words and ask her. And if the time is right and it's tonight, kiss the girl. And I really, really like that they made that change because it makes it seem a lot more consensual <laughs> than it was in the original. Well, you're making you know a great I mean? point. Well, great point. Because, yes, it sounds hella creepy in the original. Yeah. Yes. If you think about it now, you're like, oh, it, OK, that what is that? Like, yeah, it's yeah. just straight up like you don't have to know anything. You don't have to say anything. Just <laughs> yeah. kiss her. Just and that's it. how you know it, the <laughs> way it comes off in the yeah. original is like the only way you can know if this girl likes you or not is if you kiss her and see that's yeah, how that's it. It comes off. And I you, I forgot to mention that. I'm glad you said it, though, because, yes, I when I was watching it back, I was like, this sounds super creepy now. And what yeah, they did. Good, yeah. Yeah. Good change. I, I have an interesting story about that specific change. So it came out before the movie came out that they did change some of the lyrics in Kiss the Girl to be more about, you know, consent and more consent positive and all this other stuff. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. And there was a news organization that rhymes with box news. That had a segment on one of their shows complaining about the wokeness of Disney and changing the lyrics to that song to be more about consent. And then they sat there for like 15, 20 minutes 
talking about that's the problem nowadays, caring about stuff like that. And then also talked about, look at the body language in the cartoon. She totally like was consenting to it just in body language. I'm like, it's a fucking cartoon. It's a fucking cartoon. No, that like none of that is real. Like none of it, none of it, none of it is real. Like at least if it's two people, they might be acting, but you can act body language. You know what I mean? Because you can make the conscious decision to act that body language. Yeah. How do you draw body language? <laughs> like, yeah. And it's because it's 100% artificial at that point. So it's like, that's such a weird argument and such a weird thing to get hung up on. I mean, is it really the worst thing in the world to want to kiss somebody and to want to know if they want you to kiss them? Is that the worst thing <laughs> right. ever? What yeah, a if crazy I think back concept. on it too, yeah, I know, right? Because I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I think if that may have happened to me with somebody that I feel like I might be in love with, but I haven't really talked to them. And they just catch me off guard and kiss me. Like, how would I actually feel about that? I don't really know. I feel like I would be a little bit freaked out and like, just, it would be so jarring, you know, like, yeah. Like, why are we, why are we debating if somebody should ask for consent, like for a kiss? Like, I feel like that's a weird hill to die on even for box news, but you know, it's just very, I don't know. It's very weird. It's just such a like, it's, it's, it's weird that they complain about like just the lowest level of basics. Like it's fine. Just ask, you know, something, anything. There are ways to like to ask or like to, there are ways to get consent also without asking specifically. Now, I do agree it's better to ask specifically, but you could, like, worst case scenario, do, like, the lean in, like, all right, what they talk about in, what movie is it? Hitch? Yeah, I think it's Hitch. Go the 10% or whatever. You go that little bit and you make, like, if they want to kiss you, they come the rest of the way. You know what I mean? Just don't go straight and kiss them. Like, go that partial way. And if they want to kiss you, they'll, they'll reciprocate the rest of the distance. I'm not saying that that's the best way. But that's still a version of consent. Like, hey, I'm not just going to go the whole way and kiss you. Yeah. I'm going to go part of the way. And if you consent to said kiss, you go the rest of the way. Like, how is that like something to complain about? Like, that's the thing is all those Fox News hosts and all those other things if I walked up to them and just grabbed their face and kissed them, they'd be so upset. Just oh, so upset. That they were like, why would you do that? Why would you even think I wanted that? I'd be like, your body language. Like, if you just like, it's just, it's a weird hill to die on. Over the basic, the most basic of things. Like, Cause you could even do that romantic thing of like, I really want to kiss you right now. Like you, you're not even asking right. them per se. You just say that as a statement. 
And with the chemistry and, that they have, like, and the way that they make Eric in this movie wouldn't be the weirdest thing if he did do that. You know what I mean? Like he had, a, he had a charm about him and a respectful nature about him. Like that would have made sense if he did do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just, we were like, Oh, uh, can you believe that they're showing re- like they're wanting their characters to show respect for other characters? Jeez. The wokeness. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is like the, the, the people that might be just like, but it's just a cartoon. Like, why are we upset about it? It's just a classic story or whatever. But part of me is like, but I feel like people put so much emphasis on like little girls watching this and wanting to be like these people. Like, why would you not want them to be like, no, make sure they get consent. (laughs) Like, why is that also like not on the top of the list? And also, if they want to be like, if they want to know why people are concerned about that in the old movies, like, then just ask why Snow White is 15 and What's-His-Face is 31. Like, why is that a thing that you made a thing in a cartoon for children to watch? Like, that's what you should actually be worried about as opposed to, it's just a classic story, no big deal. You know what I mean? But they're also the ones that are like, it's a cartoon. Why does it matter? You're right. It's a cartoon. Why does it matter? The Ariel's now black. Why does it matter? It's just a cartoon. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yep. That is 100% true. Heather, you continue. And like, I'm thinking about that too. I actually am very glad that they don't really even mention Ariel's age in this movie as far as I remember. And in the original, I think it mentions that she's what's supposed to be 16 years old. Yeah, it's implied um, that they're both 18 in this movie. Like 18 okay, or 21 yeah. or something like that. It's implied that they're around the same age in this movie. Which is a good thing. And also even the fact that, you know, she's older than 16. Like, you know, getting married and falling in love with the guy and moving away from home. <laughs> like, I feel like it's fine that she's a little bit older than 16 in this movie if that's what she is. But so I think that choices like that, that they did in this movie, I actually really appreciated. And like I said, I didn't actually catch that change in the lyrics until I read something about it after, but it actually kind of upped it a little bit on my likability of this movie because they did that. Cause that's actually a very important thing. Like, especially the whole, how often, and even here on the podcast, have we talked about like, you know, the, the trope of the fairy tale, fairy tale princess story and ending. And like it, they could be like, Oh, it's just a cartoon, but that's what you want girls to look up to and do. So just make it what it should be. It doesn't make sense to me, you know? So I don't know. It's just, so I, I did like that they did that. And I do think that Prince Eric and Ariel had a really good chemistry here because yeah, you do get to see more of their story and their spending time together and the reasons that they're falling in love and the fact that they're falling in love with each other as a person. And um, I actually really enjoyed that scene when she kind of sneaks down to whatever space in the room is his and she's looking through his stuff and he's kind of explaining to her what each thing is. I thought that was a really great scene. And I really do think one of the best thing this mo- this movie does is the way that they draw out Prince Eric, the way that they build his character more. 
because he's so much more like empathetic and he's so much more like a feels like a human <laughs> feels like a just a regular guy and um you know he's vulnerable and he's earnest in all of these things even as a prince and just the different struggles that they give him of he's adopted in this right like there's just different things that he's dealing with and struggling with so I like that they drew that piece out in this movie and yeah I didn't really mind the the extra songs necessarily but I didn't think that they made anything better like certainly none of the songs added in this film were the best songs of the movie. <laughs> Still, I think the best songs are the songs that are from the original, but, um, but yeah, uh, Prince Eric had a nice voice, you know, and um, yeah, the, the rap was, it was a fun little like oddball random thing, but you're right. I mean, there was parts of it that was enjoyable. I mean, I, I'm never going to turn down Aquafina and Davi Diggs rapping. Like, that's fine. <laughs> Maybe in the context of this movie and the situation in that moment that they were doing it was maybe a little bit weird. But in general, like, that's a cool thing. I don't know. I just kind of like that they did that. But yeah, um, I also think that the that King Triton, like, there was something about, I, I just, I really liked this version of him because he really is that rough around the edges, but actually very soft, compassionate heart dad. And you really get to see that a lot, especially at the end of this movie when, you know, he's like kind of sending Ariel off and all of that. Like you, you get to see that. And I really just loved that portrayal because you see that he's struggling with, did I do the right thing? Was I too harsh on her? all of these things. And I think that the, he felt like a real dad concerned about his daughter making terrible decisions and doing things she shouldn't be doing. Like he, he felt that felt real. And I think that they just kind of really, they, they picked a great way to do King Triton in this movie. And that scene though, when she's doing the part of your world and it's kind of like everything is black except for, just this kind of spotlight type of thing in the water that's on her. I loved that. There was something very like breathtaking about how they did that shot where you just see kind of like her urgency and she's like reaching up because she wants that world, but it's only her that you see and there's nothing else around that matters. And I think that was a really, really great, great shot in the film. So yeah, I think visually speaking, they do a lot of things really well here I do agree obviously that the animation like flounder was yeah I, I wanted flounder to be cute chubby little flounder you know because it kind of just adds to who he is as a character and then but I didn't I actually didn't mind how Sebastian looked I was a little worried about what that was going to look like in this movie or how that was going to go but it actually it worked pretty well I would say um but kind of back to something Sterling said earlier about Ursula, I do think that scene, actually Jason said it too, that was a very, very dark scene um, when it's at the end there, like Game of Thrones level, too dark to see anything type of, you know, scene that they do. And it's supposed to be a very important, very dramatic, climactic scene. And it's, you're like, what's happening? <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. 
And I feel like they did shoot like 20 minutes of just ship wreckage in this movie. That wasn't necessary. Like, I just feel like they kind of lingered on seeing like the, the ships, you know, and the, the crash and all of that stuff. And I don't know, but, um, yeah, I, I think that they did linger on that piece a little long and I do agree as a general rule that they needed more Melissa McCarthy because she just really owned this role. She really did such a good job. But unfortunately, I do think because of the the runtime of this movie, she's so spaced out in the scenes that you get to see her that the anticipation or the excitement of her being in the film is a little bit lost because you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's, she's in this movie too. Yes. <laughs> because of everything that they do in between her scenes. And I feel like just, she's too spaced out for you to really appreciate all that she could be bringing to that role, if that makes sense. So I feel like that was a little bit of a disadvantage um, for that piece of it. And I don't know. I think I, I did like seeing the fleshed out sort of relationship between Prince Eric and his mom and all of that. I thought that was really well done. Um, I don't remember from the original if they really talk much about what happens to Ariel's mom. Um, but they definitely don't really talk about much of it here. They just kind of very vaguely reference it. Um, Justin, you probably saw it more recently than we did. Is that a thing that they kind of explore more in the original? It's been literally like, mm-hmm. yeah, 15 years probably since I've seen it. No, they, I don't even think a mother is mentioned like at all. So yeah, that's kind of one of those mysteries. They never mentioned (laughs) uh, a mother at all. And with the Ursula thing here, she's like a member. Wasn't she a family member in this? She's Triton's sister. Yeah. Yeah, Triton's sister. That's not mentioned in the original cartoon either. They're, They're not family members. She is just somebody who was banished from the kingdom because mm-hmm. of her okay. evil ways and being deceptive and stuff like that. So I did like how in here there was a mention that she was a family mm-hmm. member. You yeah. Know? So it's that's more why motive she to be so villainous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, I just think that like, I actually think maybe that could have been explored more, not saying that they needed to add more to the runtime of this movie, maybe replace something that wasn't needed with maybe just a little bit more about, about Ariel's mom, because that seems to be such a huge point as to why King Triton doesn't want her to interact with them. Right. Because of something that happened with the mom. And I feel like that could have been a great opportunity to sort of explore why is King Triton like this? Why is he so angry about this? Why is he so strict about this? And they don't really go into it. It's implied for sure. And it works if you don't expand on it. But they had an opportunity here to kind of add a little bit more to that than you get from the original. And I think that they they should have used that when when they had the chance. So that's something I would have liked done differently. Um, But yeah, I think... I do also agree that the use of Ariel kind of singing in her head when she didn't have a voice was a very smart way to still get beautiful singing from her (laughs) and still get main character 
inner dialogue of some kind or some kind of dialogue at all. So I, I do think that they made a lot of really smart choices here. Um, but yeah, I, I just, again, there's just like a whole hour added onto this story that didn't actually like if they were going to add an hour, I think they should have changed more or made it to where you're like, this is so amazing. This is so much better than the original and all this stuff. Like, cause they did do that with Prince Eric only. I feel like it's the only thing that you can say drastically sort of changed between the original and this movie. Um, so I think that was really where it fell short is just a long runtime to not really change things that could have made it the potential of it just so much better. Um, but yeah, I think other than the things that you guys have said, that was really sort of the only things I wanted to add. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Like, again, I really did like Dobby Diggs as Sebastian. I think his just like witty, like thing he had back and forth with King Triton was really funny. (laughs) Like, you know what I always say, you know, and that whole thing that he was doing. And I, I thought he, he did a good job for, for what he did here. So yeah, um, that's, yeah, I don't have anything else, so. You guys want some quick behind-the-scenes stories? Sure. Yes. So, I mean, I've only got a couple. Um, Melissa McCarthy wasn't really, hasn't really sung before, like in acting. This was the first really? time she really done it. Uh, Lizzo. Wow. Also actively campaigned to be in the, uh, in the role of Ursula. Uh, I remember hearing she that. She went to the audition huh. in full Ursula makeup. Um, <laughs> wow. From what I've heard about she it. She would have been great. From what I've heard about it, she kills the songs, murders the songs. Doesn't quite kill the acting part, though. But that's okay. fair. She's not an actress. so Right. And th- that's not to say also that if she got the role, she couldn't have got some acting lessons before they filmed, you know. But... They went with yeah. Melissa McCarthy, which Interesting. she doesn't do a bad job. I, I don't like the fact that I don't feel like I feel like she's in the movie the same as in the animated movie. But there's an hour more movie. So that's my issue is there's an hour yeah. more movie. And she's in it this as the, the same percentage as, you know. Is the animated. she was before. Um, also, uh, Haley, Hallie Bailey. Uh, was the first person to audition for Ariel. Uh, And apparently the director cried after she sang part of this world. Really? So, wow. That's pretty cool. I mean, I get it. That was great. It was so good. Um, So, and that's it. That's really the only two behind the scenes stories. I just thought you guys would at least like, especially the, the, uh, Halle Bailey audition story. Uh, there was nobody after that. That's that's excellent. Much. I love that. That's great. Um, I do it's have tight. a question. Then this might be aimed a little bit more at Justin because he's more recently saw the animated Little Mermaid. But what is it with this universe? And only like three fish can talk, and the rest of them can't. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it really bothered me in this movie because it's just sebastian and flounder that can talk none of the other fish in this movie talk that's true huh 
It's and it, to me, it was made even worse during that shark scene. Wait, the don't the eels talk? The um, Ursula's eels talk, don't they? I don't remember them talking in the animated. They just make hissing noises. No, they talk in the animated. I know for sure, because when Ariel's all down after, um, you know, the whole destroying of the statue and everything, the eels are the ones who come and tell her about Ursula and say, oh, don't you wish you could see man Okay, all that kind of stuff. So that still brings the animated movie up to four. (laughs) And And then the little, uh, and then the announcer guy. At the concert, Five. he announced the the a seahorse. It's a seahorse, and he announces Sebastian. So there are some talking, but I don't know why does Pluto. Th- th- that's always been a weird Disney thing. Yeah, how come Goofy can talk and walk, and Pluto is a just a damn dog? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Um, I think technically it's yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, I don't think Goofy was meant to be a dog. So he's just a thing. He's just a Goofy. What? Some sort of species. He might have been a cow originally. Hmm. There is something weird. Interesting. Uh, He is okay. He is uh, a dog. There was some. There was one of the things where somebody is randomly a cow. Some believe him to be a cow, specifically an Aberdeen Angus cow. Hmm. Because in one of they the did not know that in one of the cartoons, he has a crush on a cow. Uh <laughs> The guy that voiced Goofy says... Sound logic? Uh, a voice of the uh, Goofy says that he is not... He might not necessarily be a dog, but he is at least a member of the canine family. Um, that might be as definitive as we ever get. Uh, yes. So they don't know what he is. I mean, I get what you're saying, Justin, <laughs> but it's just like in this movie, it really bothered me that it was just Sebastian and just Flounder, but none of the other fish could do like talk or do anything. Because I'm like, why can't the shark talk? Like, also, like, why is the shark attacking mermaids? Like, wouldn't Triton just be like, I'm going to erase your entire bloodline (laughs) if you go after one of my children? You know what I mean? Like, why would you fuck with the king of the seas kids? Especially when you are not magical and you cannot talk. I get why Ursula would do it. (laughs) She's got an advantage. She's magic. She can talk. She can do shit. Yeah. I get why she would challenge Triton. But I mean, that's right. like, you know, I just, I don't get it. Cause it's like, yeah, that's fair. It seems like most of the sea creatures have an innate understanding of the undersea royalty. Yeah. It's not a secret, like, you know what I mean? Is this movie treating sharks like Lion King treats hyenas? Is this Uh just anti-shark propaganda? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Maybe the shark just didn't 
take the the courses. Oh, they so can't so the sharks just deserve it, Justin, because they're hungry and they eat shit. <laughs> Maybe they were taking a vow of silence. That is, that is right food. on par with that pro lion anti hyena propaganda bullshit that is the Lion King. <laughs> oh, we can't have the hyenas around. They just eat too much. Propaganda, if I ever heard it. <laughs> Just Damn. stereotyping the fuck out of animals. Man, I still just can't believe that that was Melissa McCarthy's first time singing. In, in a movie, I think. She was in like really, a movie or TV In a show, movie, yeah. yeah. She's, she was really good. Yeah. She like, was really good. In all honesty, that's that the thing unfortunate is, souls. more often than not, whenever, like, actors, like, not, you know, a lot of them don't take singing lessons or haven't or whatever. It's just if they just have to be kind of close naturally. If they can get close naturally, they'll go, cool, we're going to hire you a singing teacher. You're going to get it. Mm. Like, as long as you yeah. show the potential, they'll do it. You know? Mm. And unfortunately, that might be the problem in Lizzo's case, where they were like, it's less work to get Melissa McCarthy to sing a little bit better than to get you to be that much better of an actor at this time. But mm. I mean, who knows? I mean, mm. six years down the line, Lizzo might be killing that shit. I mean, we, I, we saw yeah. it with Queen Latifah. She, she's a she went from just award-winning being award-winning actress now. Yeah, she went from just being a musician slash actress, you know, just you know doing shit. To she is an actress. Wasn't wasn't uh, Dreamgirls Jennifer Hudson's first yes. movie? Yeah, she won for that. She won an Oscar for that. Come on. Yeah, and I think that anytime you're any kind of performer, there's a certain level of acting that just goes into performing, you know? So I think a lot of them have the potential to translate. I mean, look at the wrestlers who, some of these wrestlers who become actors, you know, that was acting lessons and stuff like that. And also taking what they learned performing wrestling. But I think it's the same with musicians as well. There's a lot of performing that happens when you're on stage, when you're doing those music videos, all the takes that they have to do. Some of that, sometimes making a music video is like making a movie. They have scenes and there are things happening and you got to interact with all these other dancers and performers Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I think that some of that stuff does translate. If she, if like, if Lizzo were to start taking acting lessons, surely she could probably get that faster than somebody who's just like coming off the street doesn't perform at all. You know what I mean? She'd have an advantage in that way. Yeah. And I think that's why it surprises me that she, she wasn't better at it because I mean, you just, I mean, I think of Lizzo and I just think of the most charismatic, confident woman to ever exist. Like I, that's screams Ursula to me. So I'm surprised, but not that I'm upset because I love Melissa McCarthy and I think she killed this role, but I, I'm just surprised that that would have been a stretch for, for Lizzo to do the acting part for specifically like an Ursula type role. Well, but also this was probably what three or four years ago when the auditions were. I mean, that's were. true too. Yeah. You that's know, fair to say. Like, a lot of time has passed. 
you know. So yeah, there's any number of things that could have changed even now. Like it could be that Lizzo now, if she auditioned, probably, you know, could have gotten it now. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, this, you got to think about the with, with especially movies like this. It's a long, long process, you know, especially with yeah. how much of this movie is yeah, CGI that's fair. and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then tonally, yeah. the, there's a difference. There's different types of charisma. Like sometimes you might have a charisma and, you know, maybe you're like, you've got that lighthearted, charming kind of charisma. But then some people are just very good at seeming menacing and seeming like they're evil or that they're conniving or stuff like that. And I think that there's a very different type of, so maybe it was just the nuance acting of it all. It's not that she can't play an acting role or something like that, but something like Ursula where you've got to be sort of like evil and menacing and stuff like yeah. that cool. is going to probably be more of a challenge if that is not something you are used to portraying, like in your music or like in Well, you got to do both, though, you know, too. It's, it's the fact that you got to be mean and menacing and all that stuff and manipulative. But then also you have to have that charm that you would believe could suck people in. Yeah, that so, could convince someone. Yeah. yeah. And and Lizzo probably has that. But yeah. then can she switch on the evil? And yeah, can she go yeah. back and forth? Because when you're singing Poor Unfortunate Souls, you've got to do both at the same time. You've you're got right. to yeah. be charming and inviting and also corrupt and evil and manipulative all within the same song. You're right. Yeah. And it, it, you're, it totally. And some of those things have depth too. Like even in the song, there are parts where she's acting sentimental, like, oh, these poor people come to me and stuff like that. But then there's this part of the performance where you can tell in the back of her mind, she's like, it's fucking it. Greedy ass, you know, idiots coming here asking me for some bullshit. The, the part of that is in that song too. Part of that is in that performance too. Like, look at these fools coming to me for this stuff. And of course, I'm going to extend my many tentacles out and say, yes, I can help you and pull you in until I know I have you. There's a whole lot to that shit, you know? So I can see that being tough, you know, even for somebody like Lizzo, who I'm sure is good. Like, I think that would be tough, man, without lessons and practice and stuff like that. But could she get it? Yes. Like if they ever do like a little mermaid musical or something or a Broadway, something dude, she freaking probably, she yeah. probably kill as Ursula in something like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, and also thinking too, like say what you want about Melissa McCarthy, the amount of experience that she has though, acting wise over Lizzo or a lot of other people that might have perf- like auditioned for that role. Like she's, she's been around for a while. So, I mean, as far as the acting piece of it goes, she's got that down. Like, and, and I, I think she's super funny, but I, I do think that a lot of times she plays the same kind of character in most of her comedies. 
but she was not that here. She actually turned off the McCarthyness of it all, and she like was full Ursula. It was great. A uh, real quick shout out to Cinefans for answering our poll. Um, I averaged it out. Uh, so what I did is, if you gave it an A, I did your score as a ninety-five. If you gave it a B and 85, I just put it right in the midpoint of each letter and averaged it out that way. Uh, So our Cinefan score for this movie is an 87. Drastically higher than ours. Um, But that's also way more people voting than us three. You know, and I even put a Sterling special on there for the first time, which is anything between a negative (laughs) one and a negative thousand. I saw that. (laughs) Uh, Saw that. Got a laugh out of that. Well, yeah, you should start doing that more often. Well, I guess you are. Yes. Gonna start I'm trying to now. do it more often. But I was a yeah. little late on this one uh, and I forgot last week. Um, I am. I want to do that because I want to give Cinefans a chance to let us know what they think about it. Give them their own little score about it. Uh, but yeah, so it was in 87 from them, 71 from us. Still both overall positive scores. I mean, 71 is an average movie, which in all honesty is technically above average. Because if I had to guess right now how many movies we've given a 70 or above to, especially since we started doing Cinescores. (laughs) Yeah. There's way less movies getting a 70 or above than Mm -hmm. aren't. So... It's technically above average, even if a C is an average score. So, any final thoughts, though, about Little Mermaid? Nope. I'm good. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Cinema Slayers Podcast on Facebook, Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Cinema Slayers Pod on TikTok at Cinema Slayers Pod on YouTube. Uh, give us a five star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. It'd really help us out. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends' family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love. Mm, a beach wedding. I was going to say Javier Bardem with a beard. I mean, that's also true. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Ochoa for our theme song and logos, respectively. Uh, shout out to Josh uh, Stifter and uh, Scarlett Moreno. Uh, their fundraiser for The Big Deal will it will be up by the time this episode uh, lands. It will be on our Facebook. You can go to the link. You can donate some money. Help them finish the movie. Uh, we are looking forward to that. We have donated. So, yeah, check that out. Help them out if you can, if you so, uh, you know, if you see fit to, because it'd be a movie I'd really want to see. So it getting its money means I can see it. So that would, you know, be a cool thing. Help me out. I want to see this movie. Help me see this movie. Uh, just remember here at the Cinema Slayers podcast, we are both pro slut and pro Sydney. We are also anti hyena propaganda. We are also anti uh, anti shark propaganda. We are against both of those things, and just remember, uh, Justin wants you to know that he is pro Burger King. 
And we're also anti-Burger King propaganda that tries to act like it is subpar. Justin, you just said we don't believe in reality. Oh. Oh, no. Justin, if there's any, if there's ever a reason for you to go to Burger King, it's now. They are going to have a Spider-Man into the Spider-Burst burger. What? And the bun is dyed Dude. red to look like Spider-Man. I drove by there. I didn't see anything. That's that's one of their promotions. I'll send you a picture of it. I'll send you a picture of the Spider-Verse Whopper. So that way you can what? look at something and be like, oh, man, that's so cool. It's Spider-Man. I'm still not going to eat it. <laughs> Don't predict it's my It's Spider-Man. He might. He might do it Don't for that. Predict me. <laughs> Don't predict me. I'm just me. saying, if there is ever a time to do it, it is now because next week we are doing the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And you could also give us a review of the Spider-Man Whopper from Burger King. I might have to get that Whopper for that episode. Just eat it during it. Hey. That is so great. And then what can I say, Justin? You're eating Burger King. I can't even shit on you for not eating Burger King at that point. That would also. Oh, you'll come up. You'll find a way. Your Everyone ass will wins. find a way. You will shine. <laughs> It'll probably you be. You shine with every bite. It'll probably be when, like, Heather's talking and you're like, I'm going to take my first bite of this on mute. And you go. And I have to stifle throwing up. No, I wouldn't. I would eat it and go, hmm. F-E-K, have it your way. You rule. The, that won't happen, you know, though, Justin. You're not actually going to go to Burger King, so I'm not really that worried about it. I'm still going to be able to talk shit about Burger King next week. <laughs> Justin, all you got to do is go eat this burger. I mean, maybe send a picture to me and Heather. To prove that it's actually you and you're not just getting, you know, one of your friends to sit it. But just prove that you're eating the burger, that you actually went to a Burger King and ate, according to you, the best fast food burgers there are. Especially the Spider-Man version. Just go eat it, Justin, and shut me up. I'm I'm asking you to shut me up, Justin. It's just sterling. They've renovated that building and it looks great. And I just, if I go, then it doesn't feel new anymore. I just want to hold on to these feelings. Then go to a different fucking Burger King, Justin. Oh. Let that one stay new to you. I'm just saying. I drove by Burger King the other day and had one car at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. In the entire parking lot, one car. That means they didn't even have more than one employee in there. You must have just missed them. I'm sure 158, 157, it was probably full of cars. I doubt that. They're having to close stores because people just won't stop eating there. That's not typically how it works. (laughs) They're not going to go, man, we are making (laughs) too much money from this store. (laughs) Let's close it the fuck down so we make less money because fuck all this money. It's becoming a hazard to so many people are trying to get over there and they're hurting each other. So Burger King's like, you know what? We will lessen our stores so that people can stay safe. Oh, yeah. Justin, Burger King, the pinnacle of corporate morality. Okay. I like it. All I'm saying, Justin, is go actually fucking eat it. 
Okay. Put the burger where your mouth is and shut me up. Uh, well, the only definite that I can give you is, is you a maybe. Still won't go there. <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> oh, man. Leave me alone. And Let me have it my way right now. Let me have it my way right now. Don't bother me about it. I'll get to be. You know what, Justin? I'll I'll let you have it your way, because you're definitely not going to Burger King to have it your way. So I'll let you have it your way now. Just remember, according to Justin, that's not how I end this. I should have said, as I was in the podcast, the TikToks, and the YouTube videos. Just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Just looking at me, thinking, man, look at all that Burger King. I'm not going to go eat. Man, when I'm on my deathbed, my dying wish is going to be, you have to eat Burger King. You have to do it because it's my dying wish. I don't give a fuck, Mm. Justin. (laughs) What? No, you have to. All right, you know what, Justin? You're right. What I'll do is I'll go to Whataburger. I'll get a Whataburger. I'll just walk up to Burger King and go, hey, give me a wrapper. And they'll go, okay. And I'll wrap my Whataburger in a Burger King wrapper just so you get that peace of mind thinking you got me. And then right before you die, I'm just going to whisper in your ear, that was a Whataburger. And then you'll die. (laughs) That would be so sad. I would go, and just be dead. That's not cool. Yeah, neither is Burger King, Justin. I mean. (laughs) Hell, they make him eat it. (laughs) It's my death wish. If it makes you feel better, Justin, uh, one of my friends who was listening to our podcast was like, hey, so I actually had Burger King the other day, and it was for the (laughs) charboiled. And I was like, I will let Justin know that. A win. A win for BK. But you're not even Sterling, eating You can it, always Justin. just get somebody else to stand in at Justin's deathbed to eat it for you on your behalf. It has to be Sterling. It has to be him. <laughs> all right, what about this? What if you're about to die and I take a bite of it and you're like, that's all I needed. And right before you die, I just spit it out on your face. <laughs> so... No peace of mind as, for you. As it hits you in the face, you flatline. He goes, man. So the literal last man, thought better. in your head is, I've got chewed Burger King on my face. <laughs> He's no, going to Percy Wetmore you from Great Mile. To He's just going to my ass so I can wake yeah. back up and go, no, you're going to finish that burger. I'm not dead yet. Ha, Sterling. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Is that this your is doctor? Is that your Finish secret to living forever? That you won't die because <laughs> I won't eat Burger King. <laughs> Pretty much, man. I'm gonna be holding off a dear life like Al Pacino, man. Waiting on you <laughs> to eat this burger, man. Waiting on you to eat this burger, man. Justin's gonna be a fucking Highlander then. 
All right, I'm out.